welcome to another episode. Special guest today, Eric Norton of Fat Packs. Thank you, Jim. Thank you very much for having me. We're going to have a conversation, and it will be about Eric's uh, Eric's origin story and how he's come to this uh, lofty place where he is with the leading podcast in uh, in uh, in sports collecting. But first, let me thank our sponsors, uh, Beckett Media. Obviously, maybe not obviously, but Beckett Media includes Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, perhaps even Fat Packs is included as a quasi sponsor. Uh, also, ComC, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike's Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, as well as Panini, Tops, and Upper Deck. Some great names, but I led off with Beckett Media, <laughs> and that's where Eric is. Eric, how did you get there? What's what's your origin story? Complete fluke, Jim. Absolutely complete fluke. I was at S&P Sports Cards in Grapevine, and I didn't know him at the time, but Justin Gruner was in there buying packs and I overheard him say Beckett. And, uh, <laughs> I, I caught him on the way out and for whatever, he was having a good day and he, he gave me his card and he said, um, you know, email me your resume and I'll pass it on to, to Mr. Hit, Dan Hit. Right. And, um, so I did. Mr. Hit, who, uh, whom I met when yes. he was 14. Exactly. You have a long history with Mr. Hit, don't you? Yeah. So, uh, I did and I really, when that happens, you think really nothing of it, you know, yeah. but you know, whatever. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, two weeks later, Dan called me and cool. I was, I was actually on the road traveling to Houston to do some, um, do some training down there for the, for the job that I, I was working in. So, uh, Dan called me and we had a phone interview and then another phone interview probably a week later with, with Mr. Fleischer and hit. And then like four months went by and I didn't hear anything. And it was, it was like a waiting process and I was going nuts because I knew I could do the job. But well, which was the job? Because I, I thought you didn't grow up being a collector. I didn't. And I, I just knew that I could, like, once I got my foot in the door at, at Beckett, I, okay. I could contribute something. You could talk your way. Yeah, I could talk yeah, my way. Think, and, yeah, which but, is exactly what I did. Which is probably what you did. But, <laughs> but what position were they looking for? Um, was it a price coin. Thing? Yeah, coin analyst. Thing. Oh, coin. Okay. Yeah. And I got hired as a coin. I, I, I don't, Lord forgive me, I totally lied and said, yeah, I can do coins. And uh, I did. And Can means you're able. Yes. <laughs> you're ready, willing, and able. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that's a good attitude. So I, uh, I, I, I was a coin analyst for a few months, like, like four or five months. And then uh, I got groomed into doing the hockey analyst okay. uh, position. And uh, Justin helped groom me and, and Dan Hitt helped groom me there. And by the time Dan retired, Justin just slid the hockey over to me and I, I took over okay. there. Yeah. Are you still you still doing hockey? Still doing the hockey. Uh, so what percentage? I mean, we're gonna we'll talk about the podcast in another episode. Sure. But but uh, is that your main gig then? It is, uh, and the podcasting is is uh, the most fun. But right, uh, the podcast is my passion. Yeah. Um, the hockey analyst is my main gig, and I'm also I split time equally between the hockey analyst and um, the Beckett Marketplace. Okay. So uh, I, I kind of run the day to day on the Beckett Marketplace. What's day to day on Beckett Marketplace? Uh, you mean solving problems? Yeah, or? that kind of yeah. stuff. Dealer issues, uh, yeah. order issues, that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm I'm the main contact for that. Uh, I also set up any kind of promotions or anything like that okay. we have for that. Um, and then it, it's a it's a nice little mix because during the off season there's not a, a ton of hockey products coming out, so I'm able to commit more time to to the dealers. And uh, we have I think 60 or 70 dealers on there, and they're they're really committed to what they do on the Beckett Marketplace. So they need a, a committed guy. But well, then when, most of them are on it in a big way. Yeah, absolutely. And then when a, a new hockey product does come out, uh, Carlin, Chris Carlin over at Upper Deck does a great job of giving me the checklist early, and then you know I can sort through that and start thinking about what things are going to be priced for, and uh, commit full time to that once once it drops live. Has hockey been a, a sole Upper Deck thing since you started that, or did it, was it more complicated when you started? So, yeah, so once I took it over, it was just Upper Deck. They were the only license. With that being said, Leaf has great products that I think they're right, very, right. they're very underrated. Okay. Um, but since but for fully licensed, yeah, for yeah. fully licensed, it's it's been Upper Deck, and Upper Deck does a great like their release schedule is, is great. The way they put things out, you don't get too overwhelmed by back to back products. Well, that's uh, 
that, that's good. We, uh, we share a common passion about going up to Toronto. Oh, yes. I used to love doing that. That is my favorite is that show. Kind of, uh, my favorite show <laughs> outside America, right. I suppose. Uh, but consistently going up there a couple times a year back in the heyday, right. it was just fabulous because it, I was a hockey analyst as well. Oh, okay. I didn't and know that. Not just baseball, basketball, and football. And a lot of the book, book sets and mm-hmm. things like that, that just was the, and the, the dealers are very friendly, mm-hmm. even though they, they think I talk funny. You talk funny, <laughs> but they they have their own Canadian uh, colloquialisms. And, sure, uh, but very friendly. And uh, boy, I think sometimes I've been up there. The dollar is, has gone both ways. Right, it's uh, gone from being better to worse. Recently, it's it's there. It's better. The last probably four times it's been better. Um, however, that show is. I don't just like the national. They say if if it if it exists, you're going to find it at the national. Right. Same thing with hockey. Players. It's almost like, like a Canadian yeah, hockey national. Absolutely, but there's Canadian baseball stuff too. That's Which cool. is a lot of fun. Uh, um, OPG Canadian right, are right, just right. Uh, completely underrated. I think and they're a lot of fun, uh, especially through those '80s those '80s years. You know, um, yeah. those are tough tough kids. Well, you're talking like a collector. Oh, don't tell nobody. <laughs> because I'm just thinking, uh, you know, I, I collected as a kid. I quit for a while, and then I came back, and I was a dealer, and you know, then got into the publishing and the catalog and all that stuff. But so, so where are you on that spectrum? How have you moved from that? You, I, I know you used to work for the sea, uh, for the uh, for the Mariners, mm-hmm. I think. Right. So you were in Seattle, but you were so you were close to the players, right. And all that. So, so how has that gone? It's uh I've really scaled back, and if it's not Kyle Seeger, I really don't care. And that's—I don't mean to say I don't care, but Kyle Seeger is the focus of my collection. He's your guy, and he's my guy. It's like a triple fold story there. Is my, he even the best player in his family? Uh, I think he is personally, but Corey, Corey will obviously have something to say about that. Yeah. But uh, my son was born in 2010. I started working for the Mariners in 2010, and uh, so I just thought, hey, this would be a good a good way to start something for my son. And eventually, uh, Elijah will get that, but. Right now, I'm having a lot of fun putting together uh, Kyle Seager cards. It's, yeah. it's, he's 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 very underrated. Well, it's a great, point. it's but it's a <laughs> it's a great father son hobby or brother mm-hmm. uh, hobby. It's uh, uh, I've talked in previous episodes about how this can be a very solitary hobby, right. or industry. But uh, a lot of the uh, success that I had is when it became more of a team mm-hmm. at Beckett Publications, and uh, so much of the fun of the industry now is just getting involved with other guys that like some of the same stuff. Twitter has really done a great job of promoting that sense of family and community in the hobby. Uh, there's like a whole world of, of collecting that exists on Twitter that you probably wouldn't right, even know right. that's there, but it's, it's, once you get involved in it, it's a lot of fun to see. Well, don't you get swallowed up in it? You can. <laughs> you absolutely can. Uh, a lot, a lot of pe- a lot of time people, they, there's a phrase they say, they live rent free in your head, like somebody upsets you uh, uh, on Twitter, you know, that, that's, that's sad to see, but the positive coming out of it is really fun yeah. as well. Well, they say like in marriage, you, you need to have seven compliments for every criticism. Right. And, and it's, it's actually a lot more than that, <laughs> you know, but, uh, in fact, you need to have zero criticism. <laughs> right. But in Twitter that way, you know, you, yeah. you can have a hundred people tell you mm-hmm. something good and one says something bad. And, yeah. And then it's, it's, it's an earworm. Yeah, it, it sure is. It sure is. Uh, so you got to stay grounded and know who you are, mm-hmm. know yourself, know your worth. And okay. I felt uh, on your, the hockey part of your job, I felt that I was more at a disadvantage for those sports I didn't know as well. Because mm-hmm. I knew baseball, I knew basketball, I knew football. Hockey was definitely in fourth place for me. Sure. But for you, what have you done to become a hockey analyst that allows you to be on top of that? Are you a more of a fan of the sport, or are you more, uh, or do you collect any of hockey? Because Kyle Seager, right, not, not hockey. Not hockey. <laughs> um, I really, I really got to stay on top of of the game. I watch a lot of hockey, and if I'm not watching hockey, I watch I watch the highlights. Um, I'll, a great example of that is, is Dustin Bufflin, who plays for the Winnipeg Jets, who played for the Chicago Blackhawks. I couldn't say his name. I say, <laughs> I said it, Dustin Bufflin, all the time. Bufuglian. Bufuglian. That's another yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Dustin Bufflin. 
is a great example of how I've grown as a hockey analyst because I went from not knowing his name at all to uh, saying it perfectly now, but I know, <laughs> but now I know Blake Wheeler and I know Patrick Line and I know that, that whole Winnipeg Jets team. It's important uh, for me to stay on top of the game, right. uh, especially. I think it's easier because the stars play here. Right. You know? Yeah, we got a team. Yeah, we got a team. So Which we didn't when we started the magazine. Exactly. I mean, they had the Fort Worth Fire, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe. <laughs> so, but yeah. staying on top of the game is important. And then uh, again, shout out to Upper Deck. They do a great job of letting you know who's in the product and who you should be paying attention to. Yeah, I I, I think Upper Deck is. Uh, Done a lot of great things, and the ability to to pour all that energy and and uh, creativity into one sport, mm-hmm. and and have some longevity. They have, sure they have. I guess not thirty years of history with hockey, but twenty nine. Yeah, it's it's been a while. Because I think they started the year for they did baseball. Right. Uh, well, we're going to talk again. I know because yeah. we're 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 so not competitors. <laughs> but uh, maybe you have a question for me about uh, Beckett Publications back in the day, or yeah. anything about hockey, or <laughs> or uh, just how. Um, how we haven't overlapped that much, mm-hmm. but but uh, you're working for a company that I helped start. Sure. So I actually have a, a couple questions, if you don't mind. One, those first four covers are absolutely iconic in, in, in the hobby. How did you guys, I mean, looking back, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Bill Jackson make a lot of sense, right? Really tough calls. Yeah, yeah. Right. So how did you guys come up with this, the second covers, like John Elway and, and oh, those guys? Oh, good point. We, uh, you know, my philosophy of this podcast is to be timeless mm-hmm. and to be evergreen. They, we had a little bit of that with the magazines, not so much to create a uh, back issue demand, but we were really trying to straddle somebody that would be enduringly hot okay. and not just somebody that's hot for the moment. Mm-hmm. And so each of those covers, I think, reflects that, especially early covers, is that we weren't going to the hottest rookie that nobody'd heard of. But, you know, as the years went by, it, it moved into who's, who's going to be hot, not just who's hot sure. or who's enduringly. And, and so then the follow up there. A, a magazine that I loved as a kid and that's not around anymore was, was the Future Stars. I know. And that was just so much fun. What, when you guys created that, what went into that process? Well, we actually acquired that. Oh. It had been a, a magazine uh, owned by uh, Mary Houston, who mm-hmm. started it, who was a very passionate uh, uh, minor league uh, card and set, I guess maybe collector, dealer, did a little bit of everything, but mainly publishing and cataloging. And so she was uh, very involved with that, and we actually we didn't acquire her, but we we uh, acquired her uh, magazine and retitled it, mm-hmm. and and hired her to come uh-huh. down. And so she was down for a few years, and uh, it just was uh, challenging because so much of the young player appeal was going into the the mainstream sets, sure. at the tops. And at that point, you know, you've got Donerson, Fleer, and Score, and Upper Deck, and and many others. So the minor league sets, their heyday was, I think, thought to be in the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. And then by the time we're in the 90s and the 2000s, they weren't, they weren't as, uh, as vigorously pursued, I don't think. And so it just, it didn't have the circulation at some point. We tried retitling it and, and uh, moving it around, but it, uh, I love to create things. Sure. I don't love pulling the plug on things. Right. <laughs> I don't mind adapting things, but, uh, every publication has to find its audience. And we had the beauty of having four separate sports. And then, of course, we had NASCAR and we had golf. Uh, and those were very clear. Future stars had more trouble finding his niche. I see. I see. Was there? I've been told that you guys had photo shoots with athletes in the past. Is that true? Uh, not very often. Not very often. Not sometimes. But sometimes. We mainly worked with photographers. Okay. I that, see. That, that already had that going. We we had we had uh, Chris Brad Newton, my mm-hmm. close friend, was our first uh, freelance photographer, and he was the photographer for the Rangers. So all the American League teams coming through. I asked that because um, I found a box in our our library. That was full of old old magazine covers that had been autographed, and um, 
like they're all addressed to Jim Beckett or Dr. Beckett. And I was just wondering, like, it was those were those like through the mail type things or, or? I have no idea. <laughs> That's I funny. No idea. Uh, it's possible. I, I just don't. I don't remember. Maybe somebody did that back in the day, but uh, the covers that were intended to be autographable, mm-hmm. even the back covers and things right. like that. So, a lot of a uh, lot of uh, I consider myself a creative guy, but more importantly, I, I surrounded myself with some really cr- uh, creative people too. Sure. And that creative process was uh, was uh, we're kind of out of ta- time here, but that creative process led to a podcast yeah. <laughs> that you started after I was gone, and now I'm doing one, and, and I'm enjoying that creative process. So, Eric, thanks for being with me. Uh, we'll we'll uh, meet again in a few days and talk about your excellent podcast and compare some notes about uh, about this great hobby. So, again, thanks for sharing your story.